thanks to Luis Rubiales. The world has been provided with one perfect image of sexual harassment. And if you think I mean it, mean it ironically, you're wrong. I mean exactly what I said. Because, you see, usually with sexual harassment, there's only two people present. There are no witnesses. So there's the word of the man, the aggressor, and the word of the victim, the woman. And neither can prove what really happened. Since the man, usually, particularly in the famous cases, are the ones with the power, they can go into the press immediately, where, lo and behold, the press is also dominated by men, and they buy his story right from the start. And his story usually has two ingredients. First, she wanted it too. <laughs> no, really, kills me. Where does a very often not terribly attractive man, but a man in power, that's the important thing, where does he take the conviction from that any woman wants to go to, go to bed with him any time? And not realize that it's nothing to do with his personal attractions, but with the power, the domination he represents. And two, of course, he makes her sound uh, a slut. And there I cannot refrain from making the following comment. Even if a woman enjoys going to bed with different men as often as she meet somebody she finds attractive, of course, that gives no man, no man, the right to transgress her boundaries, to do anything to her that she didn't want in the first place. Now something very interesting. If we look at the very few women who also have the power, does that change the situation? I can give you an example I came across not so very long ago. Katharina Witt, figure skater, world champion, Olympic champion, and a highly attractive woman then and now. And she, in a documentary on her life on German TV, since she's German, I suppose, and she tells the following story. At the height of her career, she toured the United States with this highly successful show. And at some glamorous party, she was introduced to Donald Trump, not yet the President of the United States. He gives her his phone number and asks her to ring, which he never does. Sometime later, they meet again at another of those glamorous parties, and he says to her, you are the only woman I gave my private telephone number to who never called back. And she says, and she recalls this story herself, okay? And she says, well, it's about time one woman started that. I think that's really, and it shows, and that's so important, 
It shows that once a woman is in a position of power, which is very rare, of course, then she can act the way she wants it, go to bed or not go to bed with the man in question, whatever she, she chooses. But of course, we ordinary mortals, and now I'm back in Spain, like the football player Jenny Hermoso, because she doesn't have that freedom. She is dependent in her career on men. An example, in Spain, in that same Spain, not so very long ago, before the World Championship, 15 Spanish football players went into the open criticizing the conditions of their football playing conditions. Only three of the 15 got into the world championship team. Telling, isn't it? Another question that I find very interesting in the connection. Did Rubiales or did he not know that he was in fact transgressing Amoso's boundaries? Well, I've been to quite a few countries in my life and I've read about many others. Nowhere do people kiss each other on the mouth, no matter which sex, by the way, unless it is your romantic partner. You don't kiss on the mouth within the family, within friends, within colleagues, within sports. We all don't. Did Rubiales know that, although we all know it? Of course he did. He's aware of it. Because that is why he absolutely had to take Amoso's head firmly in his two hands exactly to hinder her from turning her head away, turning her mouth away, so as not to be kissed by this not her romantic lover. And since he knew it very well, like we all do, that's why he had to tightly hold her head in the position. When I was young, a long time ago, of course, every woman, I swear, every woman knew what sexual harassment was even though the term did not exist yet. Constantly being a woman. Males infringed your boundaries, your bodily boundaries, constantly. Your colleagues, your superiors, your neighbours, your friends, your relatives touched you, touched your body without ever having asked before that whether that was okay. Also intimate part of your body, of course. And if you did say something, because most of us didn't, because as Hermoso said, what was I to do? I didn't like it, but what was I to do? We didn't like it in those days. No, no. But what were we to do? We were dependent on men in our careers, in our lives, in our getting on, in our being successful. 
So what were we to do? And if you did say something rarely enough, then you were made to feel to be the idiot. Um, you were made to feel there was something wrong with you. You were sexually tight. You were a, a spoiled sport of some sort. Maybe that's why most of us never said anything. I was 20 in Paris, some discotheque. A young man asked me to dance and then very few minutes later pushes his erect penis into my belly. I push him away violently immediately. He shouts at me in no uncertain terms and leaves me standing alone on the dance floor. I felt so humiliated. Therefore, it is wonderful that the, for the world to see this transgression of a powerful man in sports this time. And it is wonderful for me to witness that the vast majority all around the world of the reactions are with Jenny Hermoso and against Rubiales. They now call a spade a spade. Sexual harassment is sexual harassment. And I'm glad to have lived the moment and seen the moment for this to happen. See you.